Mason, the host of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, and it's episode 39. As you may have just picked up, we have Stephen Michael Schwartz on the show this week talking about his brand new album, Bucket of Wow, in addition to his time in the Parachute Express and what it's like to tour the whole world doing family-friendly music. I also got to sing a little bit with Stephen Michael Schwartz. It's not great, but you can hear his rendition of Bucket of Wow where he asked me to sing along, and I don't sound good. We also check in with Dr. Eric and, of course, have a 4 plus 1 segment. The top four songs in my car plus one I try to get my kids to listen to. Of course, you can check out www.goodstuffpod.com for all of your Good Stuff Kids podcast needs. And if you're so inclined, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. It would mean a lot. And if you're really feeling it, and I mean really, really feeling it, why not share this episode with a friend? Yeah, share it with a friend. Talk to you at the end of the show. Four plus one. Coming in at number four this week is Hey Mo by the Doodle Bops. And coming in at number three is Si Se Puede by Diego and Baby Jaguar. Coming in at number two is Jake Broder's version of Caillou's song from his brand new album, I'm Not Tired. It shreds. And coming in at number one is the song Lego by the Kerplunks. I'm sitting in my Lego house, in my Lego chair, reading my Lego news. And at number one, it is the song Part Four by the artist 62. Let's just say over the last week or so, been a little bit of a of a downer kind of mood for well let's see if you can figure out the reason and i found this song and this artist and i was like this is this is what i'm feeling right now enjoy 
hope you enjoyed this week's countdown. If you like any of the music that you've heard, you can find all of it on Amazon, Spotify, or Apple Music. Support these artists. Paging Dr. Eric, paging Dr. Eric, you are needed at the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Dr. Eric, how are you? I am great. Happy to be here, Mike. How are you? I'm great. We have a a medical phenomenon that we need to address, um, and I can't believe it's taken us this long. I mean, every medical situation that you and I discuss is like pressing and pertinent and extremely, uh, I don't know any other words, so that's all I got. But Dr. Eric, why do some people have Audis and some people have innies. I believe you're referring to belly buttons. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, that is correct. Fair enough. And what do you have, Mike? I am the proud owner of an innie, but my three-year-old daughter has an Audi. Very interesting. I have an innie as well, and it seems like the innie is more common. Would you agree? Um, I think based on, you know, historical data that the, uh, the innie does seem to happen a bit more frequently. Yeah. That makes the Audi a little bit more interesting, a little bit more of a party discussion, if you will. <laughs> we do talk about it a lot. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, this whole phenomenon of innie versus Audi has to do with an amazing structure uh-huh. called the umbilical cord. Umbilical cord. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yes. Well, and the reason why the umbilical cord exists is because babies, when they're inside their mommy's bodies, are hungry. They need food. Uh huh. So, and they are not able to go to New Orleans and get a po' boy. Oh, interesting. While they're inside their mommy's bodies, they need to find another way to get nutrition. Oh my gosh, this is fascinating. They can't just go to New Orleans and get po'boys? They cannot get beignets. <laughs> they need to get it through a special mechanism, uh-huh. which is the umbilical cord. It connects the growing fetus, that growing baby, uh, to its mommy so it can get all different types of nutrients. Uh-huh. And that cord connects to the baby right around where the belly button is. Oh my gosh. So it's not just there to like collect lint or to maybe have a funky smell. It actually has a purpose, that belly button? Well, it did. Oh, it did. (laughs) It did when we were inside. Okay. Our moms. Okay. And when the baby comes out, it would stay attached to mommy Uh through that cord, Uh except when a baby is born, the cord is cut. Right, right. And sometimes when that is cut, a little piece of it can remain. And when that little piece remains, that is the Audi. Holy moly. And it's totally natural and it's totally fine, right? Totally fine. And it's not like if you have an Audi, you're not, you know, guaranteed to be president or a pitcher on the Cubs or what have you, you're just going to be a regular old person with a regular old belly button that just may happen to be an Audi. That's correct. But you could be president. 
<clears throat> you certainly could. Make sure you tell your child this with okay. an Audi. Okay, I will. So for all of those out there listening who are concerned about their Audis and their presidential futures, Dr. Eric says, don't even worry about it. Not Do a big not deal. Don't worry about it. Um, so what's fascinating about uh, about getting nutrients and, and that, that, that babies can't just go out and get their own food was that you were in, and you, you mentioned New Orleans, you were in one of the great food capitals, perhaps in the entire world. So Dr. Eric... How did you like the food in New Orleans? I loved the food in New Orleans. I could not eat enough. Yeah? What were some of your favorites? Turtle soup. <laughs> like turtle soup? Yes, turtle soup. Yeah, and tasty? Tasty soup? Allig- alligator stew? You ate these things. I did. You are did. the bravest doctor in the world. Uh-huh. Yes. What else? Well, po' boys, of course. Of course. What kind of po' boy? Many different kinds, catfish, sausage, uh, uh, fried green tomato, po' boy. Interesting, because you were feeling like you needed some, some vegetables. Yeah, that was very <laughs> healthy. And uh, charbroiled oysters. Oh, now tell me a little bit about these charbroiled oysters. Maybe just tell people how to get them, because they are one of the top ten foods I've ever had in my life. Well, make sure you go to Drago's at the Hilton Riverside uh, in New Orleans, and that's where you can find it. They're, they can be quite large. They have a smoky flavor, delicious breadcrumbs on top. Oh, Absolutely. Delicious, delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Dr. Eric, I, I know that you just got back from New Orleans, and for those uh, parents listening, you know what that means. Dr. Eric might need a little nappy today. But, uh, De- Dr. Eric, thank you for, for clearing up that um, very, very important issue, Indies versus Audis. Uh, thank you for your time, and have a great rest of your day. You too, Mike. Thank you so much. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Well, welcome, Stephen Michael Schwartz, to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Stephen? Thank you, Michael. I'm I'm delighted to be here, and it's it's my first live podcast. Whoa. Well, yeah. nice. And you've had a you've had a decorated a decorated run. So I'm honored to that you're the first that I'm the first for you to do this with. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So let's uh, let's start a little bit with your background because before we get to the present, we got to know where we're coming from. So fill us in. What, what do we need to know? Wow. Well, I uh, I think I was destined to uh, be a musician first of all, and uh, I was nine years old when I asked my parents for a guitar, and then of course the Beatles came into the the picture, and that was it. I was struck. Uh, from there, I started to create and write music for myself. Uh, I was really into um, folk music at the time, um, Pete Seeger, and and um, then when Bob Dylan came, I started to create, you know, listen to that, and I was inspired by all these wonderful writers telling stories, and I guess that's one of the things that I love. In 1984, my next door neighbor, uh, I'm jumping now. No, it's uh, a, yeah, from, nine, from nine to 1984. Just to say that I've been into music uh, for, for a long time. But in 1984, my neighbor next door opened up this new, uh, this new, I would, you know, it's a, it was a play movement program. And it was called Jimboree. And Jimboree now is worldwide. Right. But back then, he was the only person who had opened one up. And um, he asked me if I would help him put music together. Well, I had just had a little boy. My first, my first child, uh, so I understood what children liked, 
And I went into the Jimbery program and I looked around and I said, oh my goodness, this place needs music of its own. Very colorful, the children were running around, they were sliding down slides and it was all indoors and there was a parachute. And so uh, Donnie and I created uh, a, um, the first album with my friend Janice Hubbard called um, Parachute Express. That was the name of the group. And we made our first CD in 1984. That became so successful with Jimboree that we made another and then another. And uh, that what con continued on. And we made, basically we made uh, 12 albums for Jimboree. Whoa. I know. Between, uh, between 1984 and the present, I now have 14 albums for children. That's incredible. That's quite an output. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I've traveled. Parachute Express traveled all over the world. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm traveling all over the world as a solo artist. Right. Well, b before we get to that, which we're going to get to really sure. soon, I did see um, on your website, you know, doing my research, that there is a picture, a picture of you with the uh, Democratic nominee for president. And it's more than but it's more than just like a, a run in. You know, it's more than you just ran into <laughs> to Hillary at some point. But the, but um, the Parachute Express was was honored in, in some way. Right. By by her. At one point, right? We, we, we had an opportunity. Uh, the very first uh, presidential um, celebration for Bill Clinton, and what Mrs. Clinton wanted to do was introduce, um, introduce to children what the inauguration meant. So she's very involved in children's uh, education right. and anything. She's in, such an advocate for children. So she wanted to create this event and she invited us along with Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, <laughs> along with Kermit the Frog. Uh, I know all the heavy hitters. Yeah. Raffi, who was a very popular children's artist at the time, um, to come to the, uh, to the Kennedy center at the white house, uh, uh, next to the white house and Washington and to perform and to basically do a celebration for uh, President uh, Clinton's first inauguration. Cool. So we were all there. We actually stood up on stage with President Clinton and sang This Little Light of Mine, and that was amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it was really great. And then we got to, in, uh, we were invited to have breakfast at the, at the White House, and that's where we met uh, Mrs. Clinton. Mr. Uh, President Clinton had hurt himself that morning oh, no. <laughs> uh, and was unable to come. I, I think he might have sprained his foot or something. So she was there greeting all of the guests and that's where Parachute Express uh, got, to, uh, got to meet her and it was wonderful. That's, that's, a, that's a very cool story. You know, we, at the Good Stuff Kids podcast, we don't talk politics very often, but I do think that that's an amazing story, especially that you got to have breakfast with Hillary. Pretty cool. Yes, <laughs> it was wonderful. And on top of which, we had been invited many times afterwards to play uh, at the Easter egg hunt on the White House oh, lawn. That, which is so, a huge deal. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. So the other thing is we had written a song called We the Children, which was uh, for, uh, it was in um, bringing awareness to children's, um, um, children's, I'm missing the, the, uh, the word right now, <laughs> but uh, um, it was an advocacy song for children. Okay. And uh, she, she fell in love with it. And she asked us if she could put, um, she asked us if we would be, uh, would like, uh, or she said she would like to put the uh, lyrics in the uh, presidential archives. Of Whoa, that's show. amazing. And uh, so it meant a lot to her. And she, uh, she sent us a letter and 
thanked us so much for it. We brought her a uh, cassette. That's how long this was. We brought her a cassette <laughs> of the song. And um, uh, it was it was really to underscore ch- uh, the issue of child abuse. Uh-huh. And that was uh, something that was very close to her heart. And she wanted, uh, she wanted that information to be out there in a musical form. So we performed the song at the White House and then... Uh, she um, she honored us with the, the lyrics being put in the archives. That's incredible, incredible story. So let's let's flash forward um, and let's talk about your your solo career a little bit. Uh, you just put out a brand new record called Bucket of Wow, and uh, and it's good. It's good stuff. It's approved. Thank you. Tell me, tell tell, <laughs> tell me a it's little. It's more important. Did did your daughter like? That's yes, right. yes. But we'll talk about a couple of the songs that you really liked. Um, Good. So, so the the creation of this album it, was it different in any way than your other music? Or, well, I I think what it was was I was trying. So much is going on in the world today. So much negativity, and you know, I mean, it's just very, very intense right now. And I really, I think the the songs and the album itself was somewhat of a backlash for me. I wanted to somehow present the beauty of this world as as seen through children's eyes and i don't i don't claim to be an expert now in knowing exactly how a child thinks but i'm pretty darn close i'm with them a lot i do music a lot with children all over the world and so so, uh i'm in that place of amazement with uh the beauty of the world uh you know i i uh i will sit for for a while and watch a butterfly uh, I know the world around me is spinning, and there is a to-do list a mile long. But when I see a butterfly, when I see a monarch butterfly, I just have to take notice, and I have to spend, a, you know, a little bit of the precious time uh, enjoying those moments in life. Mm-hmm. And I think "Bucket of Wow" is that for me. Uh, the song opens up with the song, uh, with the title song of "Bucket of Wow," just, you know, uh, embracing the beauty of this world and how good I feel in this world. Um, and, you know, it's like I said to somebody just the other day, I said, you know, I know bumblebees sting. I know bee, honeybees ha- can sting you. Uh-huh. I also know they pollinate and make the garden beautiful and they gr- bring us honey, the sweetness of honey. So I see the, the yin and yang, as the Chinese would say. Uh-huh. But I also uh, I want to embrace the, the beauty uh, as much as I can. And I want to be there with this album. I think that does that. And my experience is uh, having people respond to the record feel the same way. It's like they feel like kids again, yeah. those adults who listen. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, I think that the, uh, you know, your Take a Hike song, um, <laughs> Losing a Tooth, like it really puts you, it puts you in a different frame of mind. And sure. I, I think that, so the goal was to sort of help people to get back in touch with the world and slow things down and, and enjoy things. I think that uh, mission accomplished. Um, Thank you. You mentioned, no problem. You mentioned, um, you know, the Chinese say the yin and the yang, and you spent a significant amount of time in China. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I'll be there in 15 days. 15 days. So so I'm fascinated. You go to China and they call you Stephen and you and you're performing kids concerts in China. and, And I guess it's just like. Tell tell the world that is listening to this who may not have been to China, like what is that all about and how amazing is it? It is an ex- experience beyond belief. And I've been to over 100 cities, some big, some small. And when I say small, they're probably the size of Los Angeles <laughs> as small. Yeah, okay. The big ones 
like Beijing, for instance, which probably, I believe it has 26 million people. Uh-huh. And to give Jeez. you an example, um, yeah, uh, um, uh, New York City, Manhattan, has uh, a million people, or a little over a million people. You're right, right, right. Right? Uh-huh. Or, or, uh, or actually, New York has over a million people. Right. Beijing has, you know, uh, I mean, it's it's just so large. They 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 um, the cities are just extraordinary. The big cities are as big as you can imagine. The skyscrapers, the um, and the small ones are very large too. Mm-hmm. But they are, um, you know. But but I get to go into the rural areas and I get to sing to children. Some of them who have never seen an American before. Wow. They've never seen a Caucasian person before. It's very unusual. Um, and you know, but I get to bring music that I write to the Chinese children who want to learn English, mm-hmm. and that's the amazing thing. Yeah. And sometimes they'll even teach me a song or two in cool. Chinese. But um, so it's it's great. So I tra- I get to perform for everybody from um, audiences uh, of up to twenty, you know, two thousand five hundred people in these major cities in big theaters, all the way up to like six hundred people in a you know in in that's a small. A small town wow and that's it's incredible. incredible that's incredible so does that influence um some of the songs on the record like for example panda bear or is sanctuary i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that there is some chinese sung in sanctuary is that right that is correct very good as a matter of fact that was um, a song that i co-wrote with uh, a, a woman i met in china her name is lily Wan, and um I, I was feeling a little forlorn at the, uh, on my travels. I was about a month and a half on a tour in China, and I was starting to miss home. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I can, I can close my eyes and I can feel the joy of being in my sanctuary with my music. And that's really what the song is about. And I know children sometimes feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel a little overwhelmed with life. And... Um, they have sanctuaries. They have their mother's arms, their father's arms. They have places that they can go where they can feel safe. And uh, that's what the song was about. And Lily and I wrote it together in a little hotel room uh, in Beijing. And uh, it brought me joy to, to write it. It brought me solace to, um, to sing about it. And, and yeah, that was very much a, uh, a, a Chinese uh, instigated song yeah amazing and panda bear as well or is that just like one of you those know things that's really amazing panda bear uh, i found uh by a american songwriter here oh wow. and uh, i fell in love with it i heard this the the song and i decided to put a little spin on it uh-huh. and uh and do it my version now i go to china to do it and the children in china absolutely adore it uh it, you know china has given uh the world a lot of gifts they have done they've given us noodles and they've given us <laughs> kites and fireworks uh-huh. but the one thing i think children in uh in the world all res- respond to is that panda bear yeah so when i sing about it the chinese children just love it they've, they've got a personal feeling about that song that's great um so something that you said that you do and this is uh not so much a question but a statement but um you're you're bringing joy i think that you're bringing joy uh when you're traveling in china and and going around and and doing concerts and and i'm assuming that it's the same feel when you're doing a, a live concert here in the states is there um and so just to branch off of that right so there's gotta be a little bit of a difference 
in the crowd, and I say crowd in quotes, but like the family in families in China that you perform for versus in the United States. Have you been able to like put your finger on what some of those differences are? Well, it's that's a really good question um, because when I first started to perform in China, I thought to myself, I always thought that well, the Chinese people that I had met, I thought they were very quiet and very reserved, and I thought, hmm. This is going to be an interesting concert,、mm-hmm. you know. I know the children are going to probably be jumping and everything, but I was wondering how the ch- how the parents were going to respond. And you know, maybe after the first or second song, when there's a comfort level for the parents、mm-hmm. and they realize what's happening here, even though they may not be able to speak that language that I'm singing from, they get it and they get it as excited and as、uh, into it as the the parents here in America and of course the children everywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You play for children, and they're just, you know, they they want to they want to be released, right? Let go, and they want happiness. <laughs> you know,、uh, allow them to move their body. So、um, that's fun. My music and the music of Parachute Express has always been interactive.、Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always been.、Um, Uh, expressing what we're going to do in the song as we do it, like we have a song called "Build My House." When I build my house, I'll need some nails and I'll hammer the nails. So we're doing the action as we're singing.、Mm-hmm. And for children who、uh, English is not necessarily the, their language, they can easily follow the music just by the actions. And that is、um, that's a core、uh, in our music and in the music that I've been. Uh, performing with my solo shows—that's、mm-hmm. uh, that's that's been key.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I love to, like I said earlier, I love telling stories with my songs.、Yeah. So I like to do that as well. That's so great. I mean, I think the、uh, movement and having interaction with your audience、um, is so key. And and to to build it in, you know, with the, with real purpose behind it and real intention is is a is a good thing. And I think it shows that you're a real pro when it comes to、Thank、doing、you. music with kids. So, Stephen, so of course, of course, how can、um, how can listeners find you and connect with you? Find out if they if you're going to be in their city anytime in the near future. They can always go to my website, which is. Can I tell you what that is? Absolutely. Great. It's www. Stephen, and that's S T E P H E N. Very important. Right. Stephen Michael Schwartz dot com, and that's all one word. Great, and that's got everything that we could possibly need. I've spent some time on it. It's a real good website.、It、looks real Thank good. Thank you so much. Well, I have to give、uh, props to my son Zachary、uh-huh. for creating it for me. Cool. He's the technical wizard in this family. Well, Stephen,、uh, the new record is amazing. Bucket, bucket of wow.、Um, thanks for taking the time to talk with me.、Um, I think that what you're doing is great, and thanks for all of your contributions to kids' music. Well, thank you for this un- wonderful blog, Michael. I've enjoyed it. I've been listening to the blogs that you've been doing, and、uh, I'm honored to be a part of this. Great. Take a handful of happy, a jar full of joy, a pinch of a girl, a dash of a boy, add a sunny day for good measure, and now we got a recipe for pleasure. I got a great. Big bucket of wow! I got a great big bucket of wow. Can't help but grin from the spin that I'm in. Feels so good being me right now. I got a great big bucket of wow. Sing it, Michael. <laughs> I got a great big bucket of wow. Life could get better. I don't know how. With my great big bucket.
Episode 39, big thanks to Dr. Eric, big thanks to Stephen Michael Schwartz, and thanks to Regina Kellen for putting me and Stephen Michael Schwartz in contact. Again, for everything that you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast, just go to www.goodstuffpod.com. You will be overwhelmed by the sheer quantity and greatness that you can find there. Thanks a lot. Talk to you very, very soon. Stuff.